What is up Spartans, Batman from TST Gaming here to keep you updated with everything Halo. But before we get started, please subscribe for more content like this in the future. And today, we get to hear how our feedback from the first Halo Infinite tech preview was received and what is changing. There's a lot to cover, so let's dive in. Now they do state before they get started with our technical preview outcomes that this list may not be 100% exhaustive with every single piece of player feedback. It does represent the most common trending topics we observe via forum posts, social media, video content, and official insider surveys. They did say in general there are three possible outcomes for a given piece of feedback. The item has already been addressed, the item will be investigated and addressed later as possible, or the item in question is behaving as intended and no changes warranted. They said, as you'll read below, the vast majority of outcomes in the tech preview feedback falls into one of the first two categories, with really only one or two items falling into the bucket of working as intended. Okay, so first up, the, under the category of accessibility. Positive, they have list friend or foe outlines, full controller and keyboard and mouse remapping. Now, I, I don't know if it was a bug, didn't get a chance to remap my controller as I would have liked to. I did see that there was an option to do so. I just figured it was closed off for that particular test, and it would have been shown up at later date or possibly even launch. Now, the feedback did show as a desire for an auto sprint option and feedback, desire to alter the colors of the damage system color and mark system. Now, the accessibility team's response was, the friend and foe system's outlines are a key component of making Halo multiplayer more accessible. As iconic as the red versus blue system is, players with color blindness were always left at a disadvantage in previous titles. We are pleased to see this feature helps so many players out during the tech preview. The Sandbox team should have more to share about IFF further below. While we believe that full controller and keyboard mouse remapping is great for all players to allow for more player choice and customization, we're specifically excited about how these settings allow players with disabilities to remove barriers that previously existed with a limited set of control schemes. We wanted this title to be fully compatible with the adaptive controller on Xbox as well. We are really excited to involve our community in working on improving accessibility. Two pieces of feedback we saw from the flight were to add a auto sprint option so that players don't have to hold a thumbstick forward, which can be difficult and even painful while sprinting longer distances. The other feedback item was to have the colors of the damage system color and marks from the mark system have their own color options and settings similar to the IFF colors. We agree and we love these suggestions and although we won't be able to get them in for launch, we're already tracking them for future accessibility additions post launch. So. The second category, audio. Music, positive. Players love both menu and multiplayer music. Audio team response, we literally love to hear this. We're bringing a fresh style approach for our multiplayer modes on Infinite by combining Halo melodies with a post-rock genre. We're very pleased to hear that our community loves this new approach and we can't wait for you to hear even more. Yes, there is a lot more. And what is in store for both campaign and multiplayer modes. In-game audio, positive. Weapons sounded powerful and really added to the experience. Feedback. Players wanted the Needler's audio to sound more crystallized. Feedback. Granular controls of each in-game voice, personal AI, Spartan Chatter, multiplayer, announcer. Audio team's response is, The audio team has spent a lot of time to deliver impactful gun sounds in a clear soundscape to make the combat experience more fun and immersive. So we're very excited to find many words like impactful, satisfying, or crisp. We also brought back some of the classic Halo sounds such as Shield Recharge and Plasma Pistol Charge and we're excited that many players enjoyed it. On the other hand, we did see some players pointing out that a couple weapons feel they are too far from the legacy sounds. Some player wanted more of a crystallized or glassy feel on the Needler, for example. 
Thank you for the honest and constructive feedback. We are continuing to iterate on the sound design for the Needler and Plasma Pistol, Primary Fire, along with the Enhancing the Gravity Hammer sound now. We're preparing to deliver in-progress version of these new sounds for the next public flight, so we're looking forward to hearing your thoughts on these updates in the next round. Players also express interest in having more granular controls for what sounds they hear in-game, especially when it comes to the various in-game voices. We won't get that granularity until after launch, but we and the multiplayer team agree with exposing this option to the player. They'll have a little more to say about this in the section below as well. Next up, we have the live section, Battle Pass and Challenges. Now, this is a hot topic, and I, I did detail this in a video about what they had announced before. So if you want to listen to what I said that said on that video, I'll be posting a link to it in the description below. Battle Pass and Challenges, positive. Players are still enjoying the idea of a permanent Battle Pass. Personally, I fully agree, as it should be, and hopefully other games like Destiny will follow suit. Feedback. Are challenges the only way to progress? Feedback. Double XP boost timer counting down while in menus. I don't remember seeing anything about double XP boost timers or anything like that, but that's good to know. The live team response. During the tech preview, we wanted to test the functionality of our battle pass, which leverages our challenge system services. This battle pass was not a full season battle pass, but rather a much smaller one designed specifically for this flight. From a technical perspective, we discovered that there was a misconfiguration in our challenge offering, which eventually prevented new challenges from popping up to players after they completed others. This was not intended and should be addressed before the next flight. From a player feedback perspective, we heard the request to return XP per match outside of challenges as well as to have XP boost timers only count down while in match. One of the items that wasn't fully there in the tech preview is our daily challenge model that provides challenges along the lines play X number of games that will repeat throughout the day. These challenges are replaced after completion and provide a regular XP drop for your battle pass for just playing matches and having fun during your sessions with Halo Infinite. The weekly challenges are where you will see your more specific challenges you might recognize from other games. For example, get 10 kills with a battle rifle. There's a significantly greater depth with the weekly challenges than you saw in the tech preview that we will go through in the future. As for the XP boost timers counting down while out of a match, we'll be looking at improving this experience post-launch. Progression is an area that we will continue to improve and grow over time, and we will have even more to share here later this month. So it sounds like they're not really changing it based off of the feedback, which if they're not, I think that's a poor way to do it, because it sounds like what they're saying is they're going to say play X number of games that repeat throughout the day. So you could do it multiple times, right? So if let's say it's play five games, which I think is a common one we see in the Master Chief collection right now. So you'll play five games, and that's when you'll get your drop. So it sounds like they're not going to change it. If it's five games, in order for you to get your XP, you have to get five games. This is still a very poor way to do this. I don't, this actually kind of upsets me because I'm actually reading this in detail as I'm recording this because I want my reaction to be very genuine. This is something I actually thought that they would say, hey, we understand this, whether we can't affect this or change this before launch if we want to keep everything on time, which I would understand. Like, for example, they said, as for the XP boost timers counting down while out of a match, We'll be looking at improving this experience post-launch. Now, part of that kind of also upsets me because of the fact that I have 60 hours logged with monster promotion that they had because that means it's going to drain my hours of double XP. Yeah, that's, that is awful. I can't believe that. So I didn't know there was a double XP boost timer counting down while in menus. So if you have 60 hours, you do not want to be wasting your time in menus once it's activated or if it starts as soon as you play the game, I don't know. Because, yeah, this whole thing is just because I, if I have 60 hours, not only am I losing time while in a menu, which means I need to be as quick as possible about jumping into games, which is not how you want people to feel like a rush, 
But on top of that, double XP hours. Okay, well, if I play four games in an hour and it takes me that extra 10, 15 minutes or whatever to get an extra, extra game in, especially if we're playing, say, big team battle, which means now I have to strategically strategize and say, well, I'm going to play regular Slayer because those games are faster. I'm going to play... Slayer, not objective. I'm not going to play weapon drills. I'm not going to play campaign. I mean, obviously I'm going to play the campaign because I don't want any spoilers, but they're making me now have to choose the way I play based off of my XP gains. And I don't like that because if someone spent that money to get the monster drinks as such as I did, they should have the choice to say, hey, I want to activate it at this time. And they should at least give us an option to save that. You know, if we're like, for example, season two is when we're going to see the change to the XP boost timer, then I want to save my 60 hours for season two. I don't mind holding on to it. I want 60 hours of double XP. But the problem is, if you play X number of games and you're only getting XP when you complete challenges, yeah, that's that's really upsetting. I really thought that this update here, when they were going through this and what they would be changing, would basically nullify my video complaint that I did, my little rant I did in my last video, which I basically just repeated now. Oh. That really pisses me off. That's not great. Um, please let us know in the comments below if you are just as frustrated as I am about this. Because, again, in my other video I mentioned that they've come from a very player-first mentality with permanent battle passes and free-to-play and everything like that. And then they just say, oh, but by the way, you're not going to get per-match XP. You have to play this many games to get that XP. You're going to get a huge drop. Why not just remove it altogether and just let us get it per match? It's gonna, if it's gonna, if let's say you get a thousand points per match or whatever it is, okay, a thousand. Five matches in a challenge, that's five thousand XP. So if I play four and I have to leave to go to work or whatever it is, I'm SOL for those four games because I don't get to play till the next day for whatever reason or life gets in the way. And that was part of the whole mindset between the whole battle pass was. People, we don't want you to feel like you have to grind this as a job. Well, now you're saying I have to get five in in a day, and now you're giving me a quota I have to fulfill in order to even get my XP for the game, for the day. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to get anywhere there. So, moving on. Sorry for my rant, but it needed to be said, and that's very frustrating, especially for those players who spent money to get the double XP. It just, it just compounds the, the problem for me. Moving on to the next section, we have multiplayer bots and bot arena. Positive bots were intelligent, fun, and challenging. Positive bot arena is a safe environment to learn. Very helpful for learning the layout and flow of maps. Feedback. Bots were too accurate when shooting weapons and throwing grenades. Feedback. Bots all went the same way to start, could get confused while moving on the map, and didn't use equipment enough. Feedback. Spartan bots weren't much better than ODST bots, and players wanted them to be difficult. I kind of agreed. It felt like once you went ODST... Spartans weren't that much better. So this is their response from the multiplayer team. The reception to bots was amazing and almost overwhelming. We were so happy to see that our bot combatants land so well with the community, but we recognize there are elements we can make even better. We'll be toning back those perfectly placed grenade bounces at lower difficulty levels because they were more accurate than we'd like. We're also looking into tweaking the gunfire accuracy a little bit, but not too far to avoid making bots too easy, especially when a fourth less challenging recruit difficulty already exists, but wasn't in the tech preview. Players also noted that bot behavior was not always in line with their expectations in a couple of areas. A common issue people were running into was the initial routes bots were taking off of spawn. While this led to some amazing clips and the bot teams getting wiped early, this was something we knew about going into the flight and we already have some extra logic in the works to help break them up a bit more and perform more like a squad of players would. 
We also heard feedback of players wishing the bots were more effective with equipment. This will be an ongoing area of improvements for them. Replicating all the bonkers behaviors players are capable of pulling off with the equipment is a nearly impossible, but will continue improving on how they replicate player actions with the tools in the sandbox. Another note was that bots could get confused and stop moving mid-combat. These bugs happen for a variety of reasons and is something we are continuing to improve as we push to release. We resolved a lot of the big ones and will continue to iron out other issues with their movement as they arise. They'll only get better over time. I wonder if they're going to come out with a mythic difficulty one. That would be pretty dope. Um, or something to that level where it's even beyond the Spartans. But if they're going to make the Spartans step up, let's see what they do first with that. Lastly, we've heard the desire to have bots that are even more difficult than our Spartan bots. Oh, that's funny because I just said that. There were definitely some turning off with Spartan bots that made them underperform, but they are still meant to be training partners, not esports pros. While teaching players is our, our primary goal of bots, it would be fair to say in the future we want some bots that are maybe less sparring partners and more fight night contenders. Another thing I would actually like to see them change is the armor color for the Spartan bots. Whether you could change that or if it's just a general setting, I don't think it should be blue or red. Just make it like a gray. Because for me, red and blue I think is going to be a very common color scheme that a lot of people are going to use because they're just so used to it. So if you always love being red, you're like, I'm a red Spartan versus blue team. That's fine because their armors were blue. But for me, I prefer being on blue team or blue Spartan. It goes with my armor set. So my team is blue, enemy team is red. Well, they were wearing red, and I'd see blue. It was a little disconcerting. Um, I did try to switch it out. It didn't really work as well, but hopefully that's something they can also address in the future. Maybe it just didn't get mentioned. Next up, weapon drills. Positive, provided a great environment for learning weapons. Players had fun and enjoyed sharing their weapon drill scores. Feedback, desire to teach alt-fire modes more clearly. I actually agree with that. Feedback, some players want a way swap between weapon drills more easily. I can see that. Like hit X and to just hit the next level instead of having to go back out. Some players wanted untimed weapon drills. Ooh, I like that. Players wanted more equipment and movement drills. I did mention that actually in my feedback video. Uh, I thought learning how to use equipment, maybe having like a parkour course for uh, the grappling hook would be really cool to play around with. So that would be actually really cool to see what they want, what they can do. Maybe even having some weapon drills that you can customize. Uh, maybe not at launch, but maybe in like season four or whatever. Where you could customize it and say, hey, I want this weapon drill to have shotgun, sniper, like any UNSC weapon, or maybe just all precision-based weapons, and it's no timer. And you can just have a table, and it has all the different ones off to the side, or you can, you know I mean? Something like that would be really cool. Multiplayer team response for weapon drills were, weapon drills similar to bots were a new addition to the multiplayer experience for the game. It was cool to see the community engaging with the feature learning the toys, and pushing their skills. Improved teaching about alt-fire modes? Yep, we agree. We are going to be doing a pass on the information and the quick tips to better explain the elements of different weapons in each drill. Post-launch, we are already investigating options to better explain the nuances of each weapon of the drills. At least the quick tips is going to be a good way to minimize any issues with learning it, at least until they can actually put it more fully into the drill. So I think that's a good workaround. Swapping between different weapons is something we plan on working with our UX UI team post-launch to find ways to reduce friction there. There's also another Academy feature called Training Mode that will be in our next flight that will allow players to quickly swap their loadouts via in-game menu that will provide another avenue for players to be able to experiment with weapons and more while fighting bots and maps. So that would be cool to see. Maybe that's how they're going to do the customization is saying, hey, settings, boom, boom, boom. But I feel like in the long run, they should just make it where, yes, you have that option, but also if you want it to be just a shooting range with all your favorite weapons untimed weapon drills yep already slated in our post-release list so it won't be it lost basically 
drills for equipment and movement. Post-launch, we are plotting various drills for a lot of other mechanics, such as grenades, melee weapons, equipment, and vehicles. Basically, we want drills to let players test everything in the sandbox, and that's exactly what I wanted. It's reassuring to hear the community enjoyed weapon drills so much they wanted more out of just about every aspect of them. Rest assured, we'll continue to deliver that more, more during the lifetime of the game. That's actually really good feedback, because I do think if they could seasonally start adding a few more things to this not the sandbox but a few more things to the academy drills a few more things to multiplayer a few more things to pve maybe you know and regularly start adding more things for us to play with new weapons maybe in bigger expansions if they go that route same as destiny which i think they will next up combat sensor radar feedback some like the combat sensor though most found it confusing feedback some wanted height indicators as well i could see the height indicators it would definitely be more helpful on maps like recharge um, or even bizarre in some cases Multiplayer team response. The combat sensor or radar that sits at the bottom left of your HUD followed a different set of rules than previous Halo titles. It only displayed enemies when they were sprinting or shooting, which is more in line with Halo 5's threat tracker. We knew that this implementation was going to feel different, maybe even a little contentious, and that's why we wanted to get feedback on it as soon as possible in the tech preview. While some appreciated the new approach, we found that most players missed the old properties in these social matches. We've updated the combat sensor to feel more like the motion tracker of old, which shows all movement besides crouch walking, and should have that ready for folks to test on the next beta flight. Be sure to keep an eye on it and let us know how it plays. That's fantastic. That's exactly what I want is the original sensor. Even if they don't give us height indicators, to me, that's an additional thing. I don't know if it's necessary in Halo, but I do love the fact that they are going to have that ready for the next flight because that was a big uh, thing for me was the radar. Personal AI, positive. People loved having their own personal AI for the first time. People loved customizing their personal AI. Feedback, desire for more customization options, separate voice from the body, more shapes, more voices, more colors, which I'm sure was already in the plan. We just got probably a handful anyways. Feedback, desire to preview a personal AI's voice and personality in the lobby absolutely needed to happen. Feedback, desire to increase the variety of their lines. I, I could see that. Maybe change their, their personalities to, to tweak, like a little bit more fun versus a little bit more serious, I think would be a cool bar if they could kind of give us that scale that we can create where if we just we like their voice but we want them to be more serious not making jokes but if or if we want them to make more jokes kind of ramp that up feedback desire to control how much the personal ai talks including turn them off multiplayer team response when the tech preview launched and everyone started sharing their personal ai it was a blast to see which one everyone picked we love them all and it was great to see the different personalities resonating with each of you as the flight progressed throughout the weekend, though, we started to see some themes and feedbacks emerge about the current implementation. Luckily, most of the feedback centered on a desire to have more control and customization of the personal AI experience. In terms of more customization, we're looking to support different models for personal AI as well as different customization options to make them feel more personalized from the core shapes such as hats, props, etc. We also plan to continue to expand the roster of AI over time and have a few in for launch that the world hasn't seen yet. We agree that previewing a personal AI's voice and personality before you take them on the battlefield just makes sense. Fortunately, we've already been working on this, and it should be in our next flight and build, so be sure to test out in the lobby beforehand. I felt like it was something that they probably already fixed before we even got to there because we were playing with the late May build. There was also feedback around the same lines popping up repeatedly, and we agree. After the tech preview, we looked at the frequency of personal AI lines as well as Spartan chatter lines like Over Yonder, and have already made adjustments to reduce how often they're repeated. This work should be reflected in the next flight. We are also interested in addi adding additional line variants for each AI post-launch to keep the lines from becoming too repetitive. That's actually brilliant. I like that. Lastly, players expressed an interest in controlling 
how often their personal AI spoke and what kind of information they spoke about. This isn't something we'd be able to do for launch, but we'd like to give more control to players over the frequency of flavor lines, as well as increased, decreased informational lines, such as weapon pickup lines. This has a lot of benefit for players wanting more to help make the game more accessible to them, or even just turn different types of feedback off all up. Metals. Positive. New metal events such as Ninja, 360, and Bank Shot were loved. Positive. Players love that certain metals get called out in the event feed. Feedback. Many players were worried about the size, placement, and art style of the medals. Multiplayer and UX UI team response. We were glad to hear that the medal events, especially the ones that get called out in the event feed, were received so well. However, we can't talk about medals and not acknowledge the feedback and chatter about the overall appearance of them in the game. A lot of the focus was the size, placement, and overall art style. We agreed that there's more work to be done here, we're going to do, and we'll be going after what we can before launch. We are doing a revision now that preserves our difficulty tiering colors and iconography, but nudges the visual treatment towards more classic Halo skeuomorphic metal design. You may not see these metal-fied metals in the next flight, but we're pushing to get them in for launch. They definitely made them bigger, make them stand out. I don't know. They don't show very many here. They just show more. It listed it under killing spree, modes, skill, and style. They just make them a little bit more, a little bit bigger. So we'll see. It'll be cool to see how they actually look once we get the update hopefully before launch. But again, they said it won't be available in the next flight. Sandbox, friend or foe recognition player outlines. Pro, accessibility and customization and customization options. Feedback impacted shield and overshield readability. Feedback desire for more options, including the ability to turn them off. Feedback desire to have an opponent's gamer tag appear above their head. Sandbox team response. Going into the tech preview, we really wanted to get feedback on our friend or foe IFF system. So we were really happy to hear everyone's thoughts online and in our surveys. Considering this was one of our larger changes in the game, we were delighted to hear that the increased accessibility and player expression landed as well as it did. It wasn't perfect, though, and we know it. We've already made significant FX changes to better communicate the health of a target. You should always know if you're fighting a player who has an overshield, full shields, weakened shields, or broken shields. You'll be able to see these improvements in our next flight. As for more options, such as turning outlines off entirely, we'll need to explore how realistic this is given our timelines for launch. We're always in favor of providing more options to our players, but it's very likely we won't be able to provide this until after launch. A common note was to have the player's gamertag appear above their head when looking at them. We completely agree, and we can confirm that names weren't showing up due to a bug. A few of you noticed that we had an option to display gamertag or service tag in game, but it just wasn't working in this build. This fix may or may not make it into our next flight, but it will be in for launch. Aiming. Feedback. Performance impacting aim. Feedback. Some felt the default sensitivity was too low. Feedback desire for axial dead zone controls. Note confusion around zoom slash smart scope. Sandbox team's response. Aiming, similar to IFF, was another area we really wanted to dive into with the tech preview. While we know performance in this build wasn't great and impacted aiming, we still received tons of valuable input from all of you. The data and feedback from the tech preview has directly informed decisions and improvements we've made to aiming. First, we've increased the default sensitivities for both M and K and controller players, including while zoomed in on weapons with five times scopes and above. Second, we have since exposed axial dead zones controls in the settings. You should see these improvements as well as performance increases in the next flight. A last note here was that there was confusion around the zoom function on weapons without scopes. Many of you were curious if it changed weapons aiming traits or increased its effectiveness at range, similar to Halo 5's smart scope. This is not the case for unscoped weapons in Halo Infinite. Similar to many previous Halo titles, scoped weapons will have benefits due to their scopes, but unscoped weapons will perform the same regardless of its zoom state. Players will see a decrease in field of view, or FOV, but know there is no underlying change to these weapons when zoomed in. And that's how it should be. Like, when you snipe, you can body shot 
and then swap to a pistol and, you know, finish them off or whatever. Weapons. Positive overall weapon balance felt great. Positive ability to drop weapons is appreciated. Uh, feedback. S7 sniper and skewer were difficult to use. Split feedback. Hammer feels too strong, but also too slow. Sandbox team response. The positive reception to the overall weapon balance was great to see. We will continue to tune weapons throughout the lifetime of the game, and this work is never really done. We were also happy to see so many of you enjoyed having the ability to drop toss a weapon to a teammate without needing to find a weapon to swap out for it first. The two weapons we saw the most chatter about were the S7 sniper and the skewer, with focus on how difficult it was to aim while scoped in. The performance and aiming improvements mentioned above should help there. We'll also be tuning some of the aiming on the S7 sniper for this next flight, and look forward to hearing your feedback about it. It did feel a little off to me. Uh, lastly, we saw the Gravity Hammer get a lot of attention on recharge. Some players enjoyed that it had its own unique role in the sandbox and wasn't just another sword. But others felt like the change made it too slow. Overall, the feedback for this weapon was split down the middle between it being too effective and not effective enough. As a result, we don't plan on making any major challenges and will continue to monitor it. That's probably the best idea, because uh, I do like that it's stronger. It's not just another sword, like they said. But it was a little slow, but that's because it's more powerful. So I think the it, it's got a balance to it that... A cost-effective balance to it. Movement. Positive. Sprint's balance was positively received. Split feedback. Players wanted it to feel smoother movement and less warping. Note, screen shake was too much even when turned off in settings. Sandbox team response. Movement with Sprint in particular has been a hot topic in Halo for quite some time now. In Halo Infinite, we took a different approach to balancing it. We are happy that the current speed and balance is playing well, but rest assured we'll always be keeping a close eye on movement. While we did see some players say the movement was smooth, there were some players that noted that it felt clunky, which I agree. We've seen this feedback come in due to the movement itself or as a result of warping during online matches. We're constantly improving our network model to reduce warping, and we'll continue to monitor this feedback as that work continues. And for the players that noticed the screen shake was present even after setting it to zero, don't worry, that was a bug. It should be smooth sailing for the next flighting build. Equipment. Positive grapple shot was led by all. Feedback drop all felt too slow and too weak. Agreed. We're getting close to the end, guys. Bear with me. We're thrilled to hear players are enjoying our next take on equipment in Halo Infinite so far. We saw incredible grapple shot plays during the tech preview weekend. We can't wait to see what you'll be able to pull off in the next one. One consistent piece of feedback we saw around equipment was that many players felt the drop wall wasn't effective enough given its current tuning. The intent behind this delay was to make it a piece of equipment we use proactively when preparing for engagements rather than reactive once a fight has already broken out. We also didn't want to make it too durable, causing players to always win when they used to drop wall in a fight. It's meant to cause a slight wrinkle in the fight, not manufacture a full stop in the combat loop. That said, we have reduced the wall drops for deployment time. We're taking a closer look at the durability, but want to assess how the faster deployment impacts gameplay before committing to increasing the health of its panels just yet. This update should be reflected in the next flight, so keep an eye out for it and let us know what you think. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. UX UI. HUD. Positive HUD. Clean and streamlined approach was appreciated. Feedback. Some felt the weapon cradle was small. Feedback. Inability to see the second grenade type. Feedback. Some would like HUD customization options. I definitely would. UX UI team response. Feedback around the HUD was interesting to read. Some players loved the new streamlined look. Some wanted a more classic design, but most seemed not to mind as long as it was doing its job. We agree that the weapon cradle on the bottom right of your screen did seem a little small. We will be exploring improvements to help make sure it is more legible at a glance post-launch. Oh, that sucks. I was hoping to be in the next flight. There was also good feedback about not being able to see your secondary grenade type. The team agrees that this information is extremely valuable, especially in the heat of battle. This UI change will land in future update. I'm guessing hopefully season two. 
they want to get everything ready for launch and just basically as is just to pump it out, which I get. And then everything else is season two and beyond. That's fine. It's, it is what it is. Anytime we change things in Halo, there are always some players who want the option to keep things the way they used to be. The HUD is no different. This feedback was expected. We saw a ton of fan mock-ups and we agree with providing more HUD customization options down the road. It's not something we could pursue for launch, but it's something we are interested in continue to evolve over the lifetime of the game. At least they're giving us options down the road. I'm, I'm cool with that. I can hold off. I'll be playing regardless, let's be honest. Menus. This is the final one before their conclusion. Positive. Overall presentation received pros- positive feedback. Feedback, scrolling, and customization. Feedback, customizations, customization items were difficult to equip. The UX UI team response. It was great seeing people sharing pictures of their Spartans hanging out by the Pelican while waiting in the lobby. It was also good to see players navigating the entire game without, in, without limitation while searching for matches. That said, we did notice there was a there was plenty of feedback around the customization menu in particular. We saw a desire to have vertical navigation or a grid layout similar to Halo 5 instead of horizontal scrolling. That's interesting. I didn't even think of that. We were also we also had many players call out the flow to equip customization elements was not as smooth, smooth as they would have liked. There were some bugs impacting these menus, such as equip, not always equipping items, but we recognize there's room for improvement in the overall customization presentation. While the current layout will be what you see at launch, it will be... It will continuously evolve with each season. The fact that they even notice that there was plenty of feedback saying that they wanted vertical versus horizontal scrolling, I think them even mentioning that says that that's going to come out in a future update, which is a cool idea, giving us customization, customization, (laughs) basically. This is their conclusion portion of the article. So if you're with me this length, I appreciate you. Uh, This was a long one to read through but i wanted to give you as much information as possible i didn't want to just skim it and say oh this is what's happening this is what's not because i feel like almost every line of this information is very important whether we're going to see it in the next flight see it post-launch the reasonings for certain things because it really influences how we can understand where they're moving in the future thank you again to everyone who participated and took time to share feedback during halo infinite's first multiplayer technical preview Partnering with Halo Insiders to playtest and gather feedback is a critical part of our development process that began in the early days of the Master Chief Collection updates and will continue even beyond the launch of Halo Infinite. For more insights into Halo Infinite flighting and multiplayer, be sure to check out our Inside Infinite blog series. I did post their most recent one for August, which I will be putting a link for in the description below. If you want to join us for our next Halo Infinite flight, which will feature 4v4 Arena and Big Team Battle, be sure to register for our Halo Insider program. And if you're already registered, it never hurts to quickly double-check your profile to ensure everything is complete and verified. Remember, you can update your preferences and or opt out at any time. As a reminder, Halo Infinite multiplayer is free to play on Xbox and PC, and we've just opened up pre-orders for our most expansive campaign yet. You can play them both later this year when they launch on December 8th, 2021. Thanks for reading, and we hope to see you in our next multiplayer preview. I pretty, I'm pretty confident if you were in the first one, you're going to get another invite because they maybe want to say, hey, you had experience with the first flight. Now what do you think of the second flight? As well as they said, they're going to be putting even more people. So I think it's only going to get bigger from here. I could, I, I'm, I'm going to predict that the next flight will be sometime in the end of September. Right now in the middle of a flight for Master Chief Collection, and I don't think they want to take away from that. Plus they're going to be fine-tuning it as much as they can in shutdown mode. So I would say... Sometime around the end of September, um, I would expect to see a flight. Hopefully, you know, September 30th through the 3rd of October or something like that would be perfect, I think. Oh, if you seriously made it through here, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I know it can get really dry trying to read everything, but again, I wanted to give you as much information as possible without having to have you actually read it. Because, you know, for those of you specifically who are 
watching this because they don't like to read the articles or they just are more auditory, which I completely understand, especially for those who listen to us through podcasts, which again, thank you for your support. Anyways, thank you again for, for listening. I really appreciate it. And that's all we have for today. If you did enjoy this video, please like and subscribe. Thank you for watching TST Gaming, and until next time, just play.